What better way to learn what a Ronroco is than by hearing it in an epic and dramatic zombie game? Welcome to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Reese. This is a special episode about the score to The Last of Us. Composer Gustavo Santaolalla used an orchestra without violins. He used retuned guitars and a South American instrument called the ronroco. The resulting sound is subdued, and Gustavo is known for his use of silence and space in his music. Not only is Gustavo a busy composer, but he's currently on tour with his band, Bajo Fondo, a collection of eight musicians from Uruguay and Gustavo's native Argentina. We start with an explanation of what that ronroco is. The ronroco is a, an instrument that uh, is related to the charango. It is, in reality, a lower-pitched charango. So it's, Charango is this instrument from northern Argentina, Bolivia, and Peru, and it's a five-double-string instrument. So it's five strings, but doubles, and mm-hmm. uh, the one in the center, it's the only one that is in octaves. All the ones are in the same uh, octaves. Usually charangos are like kind of in this higher pitch, but there's even a higher one called maulincho, and then there's a lower one called ronroco, and that's the one I really got into. I've been playing charango since I was a kid, but as I was getting older, I leaned towards the ronroco. The ronroco has more sustain, Mm. and I play the instrument in a totally unconventional way in the sense that people that play music from the Andes, you know, which is the instrument is what it's used for. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play with a very fast right hand, long nails, and they don't do finger picking, you know. So I, okay. I finger pick in the instrument so I can actually play a melody and a, a comp at the same time. playing this instrument for many, many years, again, since I was a teenager, because I don't know how to read or write music. My, my way of notation is uh, basically recording. So I, okay. you know, I started to, to accumulate recordings through years, you know, yeah. and then some time ago, but after many years of me playing the instrument, I was called to produce a compilation by a guy named Jaime Torres. And Jaime Torres is, I, I tried to explain here when I talked about Jaime, saying well, he's like the Ravi Shankar of the charango, you know? <laughs> okay, okay. I, I got to meet him, and I had you know, tremendous respect for him, and, and uh, I listened to four hundreds of his recordings, <laughs> and I put together this compilation. And in the process, I was really dying to show him what I did in the instrument, but at the same time I was very shy about it because I knew I played with a different technique and I didn't know how he was going to take it and I don't play just precisely music from the Andes, I I do my music. But finally one day, you know, I said, Jaime, here there's some music that some friends of mine do. This is a real story. (laughs) And then uh, like three days later he calls me and he says, you know, you are playing. 
here. Is you playing here? I said, oh, yeah, master, you know, it's me, but, you know, I don't know if... He said, man, you have really kept... There's no rules on how you play the oh. charango or the run rock or anything, and you have found the soul to this instrument. You have to make a record. Wow. So I worked for another six months. I did a few other things, one of them actually a duet with him that is in the album. And then I, I compiled all the things that I was keeping in my in my drawer, you know, for many years. So actually Ron Rocco comprises 13 years of my life. There's wow. recordings that span through a period of 13 years. that opened the doors for me to start making music for movies because one day I got a phone call from Michael Mann's office that he wanted to use one of the Ron Rocco pieces in The Insider. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, I got contact by a common friend of Alejandro González Iñárritu and myself. And, you know, she got me in contact with him and I did Amores Perros. And we used another piece of Ron Rocco at the very end of the movie. And he introduced me to Walter Salles, who was doing the Motorcycle Diaries. Right. And then we ended up using another piece of soul. <laughs> Ron Rocco has been very instrumental. And actually, you know, in The Last of Us, the main theme I, I wrote with Ron Rocco, you know. soundtrack for The Last of Us are absolutely amazing. You have a cellist who plays, it sounds like, and also a flutist. Actually, you know, most of the instruments, like in all the soundtracks, I play myself, but we did some extra touches with a very particular orchestra because it was an orchestra that was kind of like a lowered pitch, like the Ron Rocco orchestra. It didn't have <laughs> violins. It went from violas down to cellos to bass clarinets to bass saxophone. It was all really low stuff wow. and had this wonderful uh, a cellist, and we did this at, at Nashville. So that was that was great. It, it gave like another flavor you know, to the, to the score. Tell me about some of the other, perhaps, native instruments you used in the score. I mean, there's like a, the presence of, for me, uh, several particular sounds. One is obviously the ronroco. Mm -hmm. The other one is a detuned guitar. It's an electric guitar that has a resonator, kind of like a dobro, you know? Sure, so it, yeah. is, it is, but it's electric and it has a microphone there too. So I combine those sounds, but I tune down the guitar to a C. So, you know, the guitar is usually 
tuned to an E, right? I mean, yes. yep. well, sometimes, you know, you, you can go down to a D, you know, yes. with a, but this is all down to a C and the full guitar tuned like that in, in wow. relationship to a C. So the strings are really loose. Yes. yes. Therefore, there's an out of tuneness to them, even if you tune it as just because of the, the way they bounce, because they're so loose, they create a particular sound. So that's another instrument that is uh, featured in several parts of, of the game. And then I use a six string uh, Fender bass, like an old wow. six string Fender bass, than the one that Jack Bruce had at the beginning in Cream, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I use that, and I use also a bowed guitar. So I use uh, an electric guitar by a bow it with a, with a violin bow. Yes, I heard that. I heard you know? that. And I like it to kind of like bounce it again so it goes, yeah. you know, that yeah. type of, of thing. And I use cans. And I use uh, PVC pipes. I mean, a lot of things to create uh, textures, too. Was there any confusion about which direction to take the music when you first started writing? Not really, because, I mean, the, the way that I work, and this applies also to, to films, I really like to work from the script, and for the, from the story, and the relationship that I kind of establish with the story and with the characters, and with having conversations with the director. I work not really from images, but more from the abstract of the, the story. So okay. in, even in, in all the films that I've done, a huge percentage of the music has been done before anything had been filmed. The biggest example is Brokeback Mountain. I did the whole score before they shot one frame of oh the movie. Oh, my gosh. But the genius of Ang Lee was to say, okay, mm -hmm. we're going to put this music here, we're going to put this, this. But he had, he used everything that I gave him. Wow. I like to work much better that way. Usually in the world of the film composers, which I don't consider myself one, I consider myself an artist that uses different forums. I play in a band, I produce records, I, sometimes yeah. I do music for movies. But the people that do this all the time, that they're mm -hmm. film composers, 90% of them get involved at the very end of the project when the movie is already cut right. and, it, and it's tempted with other mu people's music, you know? Yes. So they use music for other films too, that is temporary. And then the composer is under the obligation of chasing that, you know, trying yeah. to make it sound like that, but not really, so they won't get, you know, sued. Yeah. Uh, so I, I find that very uncreative for me, you know. So I'd rather do, you know, my take on the characters, the story, and I know, you know, we're going to need moments of tension or moments of whatever the story calls for. to wall music yeah. uh, I like space and silence mm -hmm. yes, um, do, yes and I think uh, the music becomes much more effective and I, I like when the music sort of supports the emotions and 
and drives you through the the emotions of the story but but rather than manipulate you you know like telling you how you're supposed to feel now i have to you know be scared now i have to feel angry now yeah. i I'd rather make it much more less obvious you know yes uh, and all these i apply to to uh, the last of us you know was your first game but of course mm -hmm. you know as you've mentioned you've worked with film and you actually have two Oscars which is amazing mm -hmm. congratulations mm -hmm. on thank that thank you so much can you tell me in what ways with this was this experience different for you than scoring a film it's different because uh, first of all the volume of music the amount of music that you have to do for a movie is much less than for a video game sure. I started working in the video game in 2011 and wow. the game just came out, you know, this year. Yeah. One of the nice things about it is that because it is a much longer ongoing process, the building of the game itself, you know, mm -hmm. it allowed us for, for example, I mean, for some of the scenes, you know, Neil wrote after I provide him with music. I mean, the music inspired him to say, oh, you know, this music, you know, gives yeah. me this idea about you know, that we can put in the story. It was a really very wonderful creative process. I had total freedom from the people from Naughty Dog, from Neil, and from people from Sony PlayStation. As a matter of fact, I mean, the further out I was going, they liked it even better, you know? So it was, um, it was a great experience. And one of the things that had been, I think, also instrumental in, in making the music what it is was the work of the programmers because there's a, a some things i mean that they've done that that are amazing like we could have a track that is you know a multi-track situation mm -hmm. that conforms a whole track and then sometimes you can hear the whole track in total all the tracks at the same time yeah. but then sometimes we deconstruct the track and then you you'll hear just like one layer of the track mm -hmm. and then another layer and then they de they develop these guys the programmers <laughs> develop a program that actually you can get in a part of the map of the game and th these random layers will play in one way or in another way. You can be there for 10 minutes and the music will never repeat. So it's very, very interesting and, and really different uh, than films, although, you know, it's always about telling a story. gratifying things that I found about your music for The Last of Us is that you have cues that are mostly orchestral, but then you have cues um, like Home, for instance, that have no yes. orchestra at all, but there's yes. still this 
overall consistency to the tone. I never feel like I'm going back and forth between styles. Yeah, I think it was also the way, the particular way, and I work with this guy, Tim Davis, orchestrating. Mm-hmm. I mean, the particular way in which the orchestration was approached was to kind of suit my vision, my sonic vision mm-hmm. of the rest of the score. So it really complements, you know, it's not something yes. like an orchestra put on top of that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I thought that was fascinating because a lot mm. of times you can feel that yes. when when you're listening, but I, I never feel it at all. I yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. really, really well done. You have such a great story about getting your first guitar. Can you tell me the story of how you learned to play? I got my first guitar when I was five years old. My grandmother gave it to me. My mom, both my parents were very big music lovers. They, mm-hmm. None of them played any instrument. Oh, funny. Uh, but they were avid record buyers. So I, okay. I grew up listening to all kinds of music. Obviously, Argentinian folk music and tango, but also a lot of uh, uh, American music, you know. I mm-hmm. mean, my parents listened to Les Paul and Mary Ford and Nat King Cole and, mm-hmm. you know, lots of uh, um, really big American acts. And um, so it was a, and, and classical music, it was a big mixture. My mom, I guess it was a frustration that she had that she always would have loved to play the guitar. So mm-hmm. my grandmother got me the guitar and my mom sent me to learn. And I, and I had a like a formal tuition between five and ten. Mm-hmm. But when I was ten, I mean, I never really managed all the the theory part of music. I, I had a pretty good skills to play, you know, since I was little. So I guess I find the other stuff kind of boring. And so I will look at a chart and play like I was reading, but actually I was playing by memory. I didn't really know what I was reading. And so we went back and forth with this, you know, fighting between me and the teacher. And, and finally, when when I was 10 years old, she came to my mother and said, you know, I quit. His ear is stronger than my music. <laughs> I, I'm leaving. It's, it's amazing because at that point, she left and I started writing my stuff. I started doing my little things in guitar and then yeah. songs. And then when I was... 12, I got my first electric guitar, and when I was 13, the Beatles came, and that was it, it was over. That was it. it. experience for me to participate in the game. I love uh, to work with people that have a strong vision like Neil in this case. I think he had very clear what what he wanted and also somebody that you know gave me total freedom to experiment and I would love to repeat the experience. I would love to do more.
You've been listening to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Reese. Learn more about Gustavo Santaolalla and see footage from The Last of Us at classicalmpr.org slash topscore. You can follow me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Top Score Podcast. Thank you.